Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VEASAN's College Basketball Betting Podcast. Here is your host, Tim Murray. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast running alongside Matt Humans at Matt Humans 247 No pressure. Just went 5-0 and last week on this very podcast. I am Tim Murray. Mr. Humans. March is here. Uh, and if you're not aware, John Rothstein will tweet that about 15 times a day. Um but I'm curious your method right now when it comes to some of these smaller conference tournaments. Adam and I talked about it a little bit earlier this week, but do you have a, a method to going about t- attacking some of these smaller conferences? What is over the years the way you've kind of played out this this week and a half or so? I don't really have a set philosophy in these tournaments. I mean, it's very similar to what I do most of the season, but I always feel like, the dogs are even better plays in the conference tournaments because a lot of times these teams we'll use Maryland as an example. Uh, the Terrapins are what one and eight on the road in the big 10. They're unbeatable at home 10 and 0, but they can't win away from home. And a lot, a lot of these uh, teams that end up being favorites in the conference tournaments the numbers are inflated because they're not going to be as strong when they're away from their home courts. So I always feel like the, and a lot of times you're going to get dogs that are more desperate too, in conference tournaments who uh, their season's on the line. They got a little bit more to play for, playing with more of an edge, playing with the desperation. And uh, I, I very seldom uh, play favorites in these unless the situation sets up really well, Tim, unless the team is in the underdog role and maybe has played, uh, you know, three days in a row and you sense that team's going to be tired and worn out. 
And um, since you always look for situations like that in the conference tournaments when you got back-to-back teams playing on back-to-back days and three days in a row, things like that. But I, I feel like there's even more value in the dogs when we get to March. I want to hit on just one conference tournament uh, before we uh, before we take a look at Saturday's slate, and and certainly sure. next week we'll uh, we'll hit on uh, when all these you know the brackets are set for for the bigger conferences, and it's very fluid. And and this being a podcast, we're not going to go too in depth on these games because you know there's games going on right now, and they'll have new spreads tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, so we're going to look mostly at Saturday and Sunday here. But uh, one situation that we know is probably going to happen is is part three of Gonzaga and St. Mary's and the betting market, depending on where you look, Matt has really swung in the favor of the Zags uh, DraftKings, for example, I think open minus one ten both ways in the futures market. And as we talk right now, Gonzaga is minus one thirty five St. Mary's plus one fifteen. And I, I want to say the cheapest price I saw earlier today was Zags minus 120. Now, I got to remember, they both have to win their semifinal game. But you were on the Zags last Saturday night in a revenge spot. Uh, Zags played really well. St. Mary showed a little life and, and came back and kept it close. But ultimately, the Zags covered. Any thoughts on Tuesday night in Vegas? Zags, Gales, likely match number three and would you take a look at the futures market right now or would you just wait until we ultimately get this uh showdown on tuesday night yeah i think if you can uh, lay 120 with the zags right now i'll do it obviously i saw that price open up to win the west coast conference tournament at pickham it was minus 110 yep. on the zags and st mary's when it opened and i thought the zags should be slight favorites and by the time you get to uh the championship game i think the zags will be uh, two, probably two point favorites in the championship game. So one twenty is a, you know, a fair money line for a small favorite like that. And that's that's the team I like anyway. I, I we talked about this a little bit last week, Tim, and I think St. Mary's is being overrated by a lot of people. And I like Randy Bennett. He's a hell of a coach, and this is a pretty good defensive team. But they like to play slow, low possession basketball. I think they're a little bit too limited offensively to go deep in the tournament. And um, the more I watch the Zags, the more I start to like them. I, I think uh, their ceiling is so much higher offensively. I, I just feel like the Zags are going to be a better basketball team in March. And uh, they're not going to be playing Chicago State every night, but uh, <laughs> they look pretty good. They look pretty damn good offensively again last night against the uh, Cougars. I just think that uh, my personal rating has the Zags uh, three points better than St. Mary's, but I've got St. Mary's lower than a lot of people. So I'm going with the Zags in the West Coast Conference. Well, we we mentioned it a couple times. Um, Gonzaga, you know, the past month, uh, second best team in the country, according to Bart Torvik, just behind Houston, uh, number one in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. The defense has some question marks. And I'll say this. Um, you know, their road to me, even though I think they struggled in one of their games against Santa Clara, their semifinal, in my opinion, is easier uh, than what St. Mary's will have to deal with, which is Loyola Marymount, who beat both Gonzaga and St. Mary's this year and has a, a guard in Cam Shelton who has the capabilities, as we've seen in March, Matt. He's the type of guy that could take over a game. I'm not 
expecting St. Mary's to lose that game. But the mm-hmm. reason, if you do like Gonzaga, in my opinion, why it's worth laying minus 120 now, what if St. Mary's does get upset by Loyola Marymount? It's happened once before. And what if Cam Shelton goes off and then you might be sitting there and you're going to have to lay double digits in the West Coast Conference Championship. So I, would you say, is that why? Because I, I would recommend playing it if you like Gonzaga playing the minus 120 now because you never know it's likely going to be St. Mary's but it could be Loyola Marymount Loyola Marymount's capable uh, especially with the with a guard like Shelton of uh, of pulling up an, an, uh, an upset uh, over St. Mary's that's a good point because Loyola beat both teams and um, that's one thing to consider I would expect uh, St. Mary's to get agreed past that game to the championship but still it's a uh, it's something to think about, kind of like a backup option if uh, you do bet that. But uh, I think I still think 120 is a, a fair price on the Zags. Like you said, it might end up being a real bargain. Who knows? But uh, how did things go the last time Loyola played Gonzaga? Uh, not well if you bet Loyola, like I did. What did they, what did they, what did they lose by 40? 43. <laughs> they, were, they were down 68 <laughs> to 28 at halftime. <laughs> That was uh that was one of those games, Matt, where you just sat back if you had Loyola Marymount like I did, and you said, Well, this one's over. It was over in four minutes. Uh so yeah, uh the Zags, uh, you know, just just quick aside before we jump into Saturday's slate. Uh, what do you make of Gonzaga? Because this is a team that I think over the years people have kind of crapped on, oh, they can't win the big one. Okay, they've made it to two national championships games in the past, what, five years. It's still pretty darn impressive. This isn't a, you know, Jalen Suggs-led or Chet Holmgren-led or Zach Collins-led team. But I've been kind of like what you said. I've been impressed this past month. It feels like they're hitting their stride. And I would say this year more than ever, it's trying to find the horse that is just, got the momentum and it, it does feel like a bit to me, Matt, that the Zags have got that momentum going right now. Well, he could. And, uh, you know, if the bracket breaks the white right way, the Zags could get to another final four, but it's kind of useless to even talk about that stuff now until mm-hmm. we see the bracket and see what teams were in there. My, my issue with the Zags is kind of what you uh, hinted at earlier. I don't think they're good enough defensively to really get by. Let's say if, uh, Gonzaga had to play Houston. That would be a nightmare matchup, Ooh, I think. Yeah. That, you know, something like that. But um, I don't think they're good enough defensively, but I do think they've got the experience. And guys like, you know, Drew Timmy, who's been playing college basketball for it seems like eight years, that's why they should be better than St. Mary's, at least good enough to win that conference. And if they get the right draw, the bracket breaks the right, right way, who knows? They're good enough offensively, I think, to, to make a threat. I never – I never dump on the Zags. I think, really, Tim, if you go back to that national championship game against North Carolina, I thought Gonzaga got screwed by the officials in that game. Zach Collins doesn't get two fouls in the first three minutes. I think they win, personally. Right. The officials put Zach Collins and their big men on the bench early in that game, and that was a huge factor in the Tar Heels winning that national championship game. If if not for – the Zags getting screwed by the refs, it might have been a totally different outcome in that game, right? So I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and and look, not that this is a a Gonzaga def- a defensive podcast here, but it, it's 
it's pretty hard to win your first round game every year, but they do it. And, you know, you could you could say, well, they play in the West Coast Conference. Well, when you go to the NCAA tournament, your conference doesn't mean anything. And they haven't lost a first round game, I think, in like 15 years. So, right. um, yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I like what I've seen. But and that's the thing, too. And we'll, we'll dive more deeper into it. Just a programming note. Uh, myself, Matt Humans, Adam Burke will be live on VSIN at seven o'clock Eastern on Selection Sunday. So mark that down. It'll be in your podcast feed as well. We're gonna break down the the bracket. Uh, we'll have you know our early best bets. You know who's got a good path, uh, all of that. So uh, so programming note there for everybody. All right, let's uh, let's jump to Saturday, Matt. Uh, obviously, no lines yet. Uh, but you know, you and I can uh, kind of look at some situational spots here. Um, anything initially before I kind of tee you up on games? Anything initially on the last regular season? You know, Saturday, Sunday yeah. of of the season. Anything immediately jump out to you? Yeah, there's there's a lot of things jumping out this weekend, Tim. I think it's going to be a, a great weekend of hoops. It's going to be tough to top last weekend huh. and all the stuff that happened. I mean, that was. February madness, and that was a warm up. How about Alabama at Texas A and M? I thought Bama was really lucky to uh, make that comeback against Auburn last night. And um, I still don't like the way this Tide team plays, Tim. It's helter skelter on the offensive end, and I think they're going to be fade material in March. I don't know about this A and M game, but I'm looking to fade Bama in the SEC tournament, and. Uh, now that they have clinched the SEC regular season, it might be a spot to play Texas A&M. I really haven't made my mind up on that. Iowa State at Baylor. How about Caleb Grill is done? Mm-hmm. The Cyclones. I thought he was the glue of that team. You know, you could glue, heartbeat, whatever cliche you want to use. I thought he was the most important player on that Iowa State team. Uh, he's dismissed from the program. Cyclones, I think, have lost – Five of the last seven, is that right? Yep, and, they're, they're uh, fading. Yeah, they're, they're fading bad. T.J. Otzelberger finally getting exposed for the uh, phony coach he is. And uh, Baylor's probably going to roll in that game in Waco. How about Tennessee at Auburn? Just wrote that one down. You know, Wes Reynolds was talking about this last night, how Auburn's a bubble team. Well, that's a pretty good bubble team if you can take Alabama and you can lead the Tide by 17 in Tuscaloosa in the second half. I think uh, Auburn's probably going to be a play in this game against Tennessee because Zakai Ziegler, the point guard for the Vols, is out with a torn ACL. And sometimes in the first game after, you know, it's a falling star theory, in the first game after a guy goes down, the rest of the team raises its level of play. But I think this has got to be a depressing loss for the Vols and really limits what that team's going to be able to do in March, and uh, you know Auburn coming off that loss to uh, Alabama needs a win like this to get in the field. I'm probably going to look at Auburn there, if anything. I'll jump in there real quickly in the Auburn game. I, I echo everything you said. Uh, you look at you know, where they are on the bubble, kind of a 10 seed right now, so they certainly need that win. Um, and then remember how the last game unfolded. These two teams played. It was that 46-43, really questionable call oh, at yeah. the end of the game. So uh, yeah. I think all that put together, yeah, I think Auburn will be a play for me. They'll be uh, they'll be a favorite against Tennessee, I, I would imagine, you know, come, uh, come Saturday afternoon. So I think Auburn certainly will be uh, on yeah. my card as well. Yeah, I agree. Auburn's going to be a favorite. I don't want to lay too much there, but I definitely got Auburn the favorite. Um, how about Kentucky and Arkansas? 
just when it looked like the Wildcats had their act together. They lose a home game to Vandy last night. It's not a bad Vandy team, but I got to think the Razorbacks are going to be uh, revved up to uh, to beat the Cats here because they just had that tough road trip to Alabama, Tennessee, took a couple of losses. But I really like the way Eric Musselman's team's playing right now, and uh, I'm going to look at Arkansas there. What do you what do you make a number Kentucky at Arkansas? Because I think Arkansas has got to be like a three point favorite. What do you think? Could it be more? I was um, going to say it might be more. It might, it might be, be more. more. Yeah. I mean, especially, and I know Arkansas, you know, people might say, well, they've lost two in a row. They didn't look great on Tuesday. Right. I mean, if you look at some of the advanced numbers, I mean, Alabama and Tennessee are both top five in the country, you know, per Ken Palm. So it's not like those have been bad losses and they're, they're back at home. And, you know, once again, you kind of look at where Arkansas is. Um, they're not on the bubble by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, they're in that eight, nine range. So I think you're going to get two pretty desperate teams here uh, in this spot. Let me uh, point you to a game you were all over and and nailed it last Saturday. Uh, Villanova just really taking care of business against Creighton as a six point home dog. They're going to be home again. They're going to be a dog again against UConn. Could you see yourself back in the Wildcats who since Justin Moore has returned they seem like a completely different team right now, man. No doubt. And I've been uh, watching Villanova closely because I thought that there was going to be some value in playing that team now that Justin Moore's back. But, Tim, I'd much rather pick on Creighton than UConn right now. We had, <laughs> we had Creighton last Saturday as the opposition, and now it's UConn. And you got to be impressed by the way UConn's playing right now. So, as of right now, it's going to be a stay away for me because – I was more than willing to bet against Creighton. I don't really want to bet against UConn in a spot. Then we have really the game of the weekend, which is UCLA and Arizona. Um, this was a spot UCLA was able to win on the road uh, in a really ugly game back in uh, late January. They win that game 58-52. Or excuse me, UCLA lost, I beg your pardon. Right, so you got right. the revenge factor here. Um, you know, Thursday, here we are recording this. I don't know if this is a look-ahead spot for UCLA at home against Arizona State, maybe, uh, catching or laying uh, double digits against the Sun Devils. But that is a massive game, revenge spot. Uh, and UCLA seems to be kind of rolling here, Matt. Uh, could you look for a, a revenge spot here for the Bruins? You know, and UCLA has clinched the Pac-12. So... I'm not sure what the Bruins' incentive is here, except to get revenge on Arizona and kind of make one a seed. Yeah, make a statement that they're the strongest team in the Pac-12 and a one seed, which I think UCLA is a one seed and deserves. You know, a lot of people have overlooked this UCLA team. You and I have been talking about them here for the last uh, couple weeks, a few weeks now. But uh, I watched that first game; it was ugly, low scoring. It was kind of Mick Cronin's style of play, but Arizona was better at it that day. I want to see what happens tonight in the Arizona-USC game. We're taping this on uh, Thursday afternoon. If the if the Wildcats beat USC tonight, I'm definitely going to look to bet against them and uh, play UCLA in the game on Saturday. I think uh, the Bruins are just so much better defensively. And I, I, I like this Arizona team quite a bit more from an offensive perspective when you look at Tubelis and if the guards get hot and shoot threes, 
they got potential, but Tommy Lloyd's just not a really good defensive coach. And I'm a Tommy Lloyd fan, but they got to tighten up that defense. It's probably too late uh, to be talking about things like that when you get into March. Uh, so I'll probably look at UCLA here as long as the number is not too much. You know, I, I mentioned the Arkansas line being three. I think that's more wishful thinking on my yeah, part. I, I think like, it'll be higher. <laughs> I think it's going to be more like five. Um, I would like to see this UCLA number open low, and I would bet the Bruins right away, especially if Arizona wins at USC tonight. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to see, like you said, we're recording this on Thursday, but I'm curious to see UCLA how they come out, Arizona State winning in the, in the fashion that they did. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then and Hurley waving to the crowd. Uh, he's a guy who kind of likes to enjoy <laughs> that, uh, enjoy that role uh, a little bit as uh, as the antagonist. Uh, before we jump to Sunday, a couple interesting games on, on Sunday uh, and maybe a tricky spot for Houston. Finally, uh, as they hit the road against a team that's that's kind of uh, maybe finding their stride a little bit in Memphis. Um, Mountain West is a conference that you keep a very close eye on, Matt. Uh, Boise State at Utah State would probably be the uh, the game of the day on Saturday in the Mountain West up in Logan. Uh, Boise State, um, easy winner for me earlier this week. Never in doubt, just needed, what, a 14-0 run to close out the game to get the win and cover against San Diego State. Yeah. Uh, Utah State, uh, I was pretty impressed. Uh, they, they put it on UNLV on Wednesday night. Um, there at Thomas and Mac. So Utah State is uh is finding their groove here. A pair of teams that Boise State seems to be, I think, in a little bit better shape than Utah State is yes. when it yes. comes to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, actually, much better shape. So, um, might be a situation, Matt, where you get a desperate Utah State team for a big win. Um, anything you're looking for in that one up in Logan on Saturday night? No doubt. I'm looking at the Mountain West on Saturday. I see some good spots here. And I was right there with you. I was on Boise against San Diego State. I thought the Broncos were going to be the desperate team. If they got that win, that was probably going to put them in the tournament. And um, I think they're in. I think the Mountain West got two teams in, San Diego State and Boise. And now you got three teams, in my estimation, fighting for the third spot. And that's Utah State, New Mexico, and Nevada. And Utah State needs this win. I thought you saw that from the Aggies last night that um, – sense of purpose they came to vegas and they put away the rebels and made them look bad you said you were impressed with utah state very unimpressed with uh, UNLV. <laughs> true yeah, that was a pathetic performance by unlv and i'm a little bit disappointed they played so badly tim because i had circled this game here for a few weeks to where first of all i like utah state against boise and i think uh you know the Aggies are a top 10 three-point shooting team in the country by percentage. And uh, Boise off that huge rally and comeback against San Diego State, a bit of a letdown spot here. That was a huge win for them. Um, so I think Utah State's going to be the play there. I've thought for weeks that Nevada is going to roll UNLV and Reno on Saturday. I mm. hate the way this UNLV team's playing. Unfortunately, it's no longer a secret to people because of what happened last night. They got completely exposed by Utah State. So now that number is going to be higher than what I thought it was going to be. And I, I was hoping to lay like seven with Reno in that game. I think the number might even be higher now. I'm not sure where it opens. But I, I really think Nevada off that loss at Wyoming 
is going to put a whipping on UNLV in a revenge spot on Saturday. So that's something to keep an eye on. You know, I hate to lay points. I don't like mm-hmm. favorites, but I'm going to find some way to bet Nevada in that game. And uh, San Diego State can win the conference outright with a win over Wyoming. Aztecs got to be uh, really disappointed in the way they failed to finish the game in Boise two nights ago. I think uh, the Aztecs put uh, put away Wyoming early and run away with this one by about 20 points. So I would look for Nevada and San Diego State and blowouts, and I think Utah State's decide against uh, Boise. Yeah, and last nugget there on Utah State, you and I like to talk about revenge. Uh, Boise State kicked Utah State's ass on January 7th. They beat them by 23, so uh, mm-hmm. always kind of put that together. And like you mentioned, this is bubble time, desperation time, all of that kind of put into one. So uh, I'm with you uh, on Utah State in that spot. Looking ahead to Sunday, uh, the Big Ten, another conference that you uh, handicap quite well in some interesting spots because you look at um, – you look at uh, what these teams have done on the road this year, and you mentioned Maryland. Uh, Maryland closed at some shops as an underdog to Ohio State on yeah. Wednesday night, and uh, the books were right, and Maryland came out with a poor performance, and they lose that game. Now they're going to Penn State. Uh, Penn State, I, can we put them on the bubble? I think they're a little bit – they're a yeah. little they, – yeah. they got – yeah, they got – so we got Penn State and Maryland here – uh, the Nittany Lions, they are coming off of a uh, a win over Northwestern on the road at the buzzer. Uh, so that was huge for them. Trusting Maryland on the road is uh, is a terrible, terrible thing to do. Uh, so can you trust Penn State here? Uh, they'll be a slight favorite, I'd imagine, against the Terps, who, uh, as you mentioned, I think are 1-8 uh, with their only win in conference play on the road, Matt, being against Minnesota. And to go a step further, they have two true road wins this year, Louisville and Minnesota. Not Uh, great. No, but, man, it's not like Maryland's a bad basketball team. No, they're they're not. They're actually a good basketball team. No, they beat some pretty good teams at home, but they're home court dominant. And that's why I say when you get them on a neutral – you get them on neutral courts in March, you're going to be a fade. You know, first of all, I want to give credit to Wes Reynolds. He talked me into Ohio State against uh, Maryland because of how bad the Terps have been on the road. Penn State, I thought, was off the bubble when it blew a 19-point lead with 17 minutes to go against Rutgers on Sunday. Well, they redeemed themselves by beating the Purple Cats in Evanston last night. That gets them back on the bubble. So this becomes a really important game for Penn State. It's obviously an important game for Maryland, too. Terps would like to put another uh, road win on that resume you just talked about that needs a road win. Um, I don't know if I could trust Penn State, man. I want to, but they're so dependent on the three. And uh, that's uh, that's Maryland's better defensive team. I I don't know what I'm going to do with that game right now. I'll tell you that. I'm on Wisconsin tonight. I took four and a half against Purdue. And this Purdue team's really kind of fading. I think it's pretty obvious what Purdue's doing on the offensive end of the four low post feeds to Zach Eady. And then, you know, if he doesn't turn around with that little hook, he's trying to find three-point shooters. And unfortunately for the Boilermakers right now, nobody's making threes. And their freshman guards are not playing well at all away from home. 
it's kind of the same thing we saw from Purdue at this time last year, a team that seemed to peak in November, December, and January and started to fade in February and March. But the wheels are falling off the Illini, and Purdue can get an outright Big Ten title on Sunday if it wins. Well, if Purdue loses at Wisconsin, the Sunday game is going to be for the outright Big Ten title. And I think Purdue is going to roll in that scenario if that's the case. Now, Purdue could clinch the outright title at Wisconsin tonight. If that's the case, I would like Purdue a little bit less on Sunday. But I don't like the way this Illinois team's playing, Tim. And um, to me, the line I look like a bet against. I think the best spot in the Big Ten Sunday is going to be Indiana over Michigan. And Mike Woodson called it a BS performance, the 22-point home loss to Iowa. That was uh, the Hoosiers had, a little, you know, maybe a hangover from the party from beating Purdue and West Lafayette, and they weren't ready to play. They got embarrassed by the Hawkeyes. It's going to be back-to-back road games for Michigan, and I think the Hoosiers are going to be a really good bet on Sunday. So that's actually the spot I like the most in the Big Ten. All right, Indiana against Michigan. Um, one final one I want to just throw your way. Uh, they play tonight, but we'll see what uh, what the, the number is. Um, Memphis is, is starting to get right, and they actually played Houston pretty well uh, just a couple weeks ago. I think this could be a spot to back Memphis uh, catching, what, do you, what, would you, what would you say, like six or seven uh, against, uh, against Houston. This won't be at home. Uh, Houston – has everything locked up uh, at American Athletic Conference. They've got the number one seed. And Memphis needs a – I mean, a, a win for Memphis would, I think, put them in the field if they could pull this outright upset off. So right. I, I think this is a completely, completely, you know, desperate spot for Memphis. Uh, so I, I like Memphis on Sunday at home against Houston where they'll be catching – I mean, hopefully it's not suppressed, which it hope it may it may be, but I'm hoping to catch like a six or a seven. Oh, that would be beautiful if I can get that with Memphis. You know, I don't think we're going to get seven because a lot of people are looking at that game the same way you are and I am right now. So we want to bet Memphis, and I think that number is going to open a little bit lower because of that. Now, Houston, Right now, I would say the number, who's the number one overall seed in your estimation, Kansas Houston. or Houston? Because Kansas has got the most quad one wins by far. Houston, yeah, yeah, yeah. Houston, yeah. How many quad one wins does Houston have? You know, if you compare that part of the resumes, you would probably say Kansas should be the number one overall seed, right? Uh, pulling it up now, uh, quad one Kansas, victories. Uh, Kansas Houston has got like 14, I think, right? Houston has four and Kansas has 15. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you can make a case that Kansas is the number one overall seed. Of course, Kansas has got to play at Texas on Saturday. Uh, I think Houston and Kansas are the two teams vying for that overall number one. But I'm with you here. I, you know, the Cougars are probably going to blow out Wichita State on Thursday night. And then uh, I'm looking to play Memphis. I don't yeah. think we're going to get seven. I think it's going to be closer to five or five and a half, but I'll probably still play Memphis. Yeah, and I, I would guess that there will be uh, – I would bet this game early because I think steam will come on yeah. Memphis for sure. So on Saturday night, folks, while you're out and about, once those lines pop, I would if – you're, if you're like us, uh, I would look to, to grab Memphis uh, in this spot. Obviously, we're going to have a ton more to get to next week with all of the conference tournaments going on. Uh, just a quick uh, wrap-up here, quick summary. Um, Gonzaga – 
minus 120 or better if you could find i haven't seen a better than minus 120 anymore if if you right. could get that matt that would be a recommendation for you yes Gonzaga okay. to win the West Coast Conference, and one I think that one twenty price is still out there last night. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Circa has it at minus one twenty, readily available at minus one twenty. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'll probably make that play as well. Uh, you want to run through the the spots you're looking uh, for Saturday real quickly yeah. again before we bid farewell. Auburn over Tennessee, Arkansas over Kentucky, UCLA over Arizona. Uh, Utah State over Boise, and I think San Diego State and Nevada are both going to win in blowouts on Saturday night. But it's kind of tough to sit here and say lay the points because I don't like to do that. But uh, Sunday, I'm going to look at Memphis and Indiana. I'm going to look Memphis. I'm going to look um, Auburn as well. Um, I'm going to look Utah State, and then uh, one final one. Oh, the number's going to be really big, though. Uh, maybe Clemson first half. Uh, Notre Dame is uh, coming off of a <laughs> yeah. a uh, monumental victory. All three of us, including Wes Reynolds, were on that uh, on uh, on Wednesday night. Mike Bray was out and about with the fan base, enjoying himself, rightfully so. And you've got a Clemson team there at home, very much on the bubble uh, yeah. probably on the outside looking in, so they can ill afford to uh, to mess around. I think Clemson puts it on the Irish on Saturday night down there in South Carolina. So maybe a first-half look. We'll see what that line is. It's going to be double digits, but I think Clemson coming off of the loss to UVA, Matt, taking on a Notre Dame team who just really enjoyed themselves on Wednesday night. I can't imagine the uh, the game plan is going to be too stringent for the Irish on uh, on Saturday at Clemson. Uh, it's going to be a hangover from that party. That was a home run spot for the Irish to send Mike Bray out a winner in his final home game. I mean, we all could see that one playing his day, and uh, that play, it played out perfectly for us on uh, Notre Dame. I've been on the Irish a few times here late in the season and paid off. I am yep. not going to even consider Notre Dame in this spot. This is Clemson or pass all the way. You're right about that. All right. That is going to do it for this uh, episode. A quick one. Uh, we'll be back or Matt will be back, uh, his show with Wes Reynolds in our Friday night Circa contest where Matt right back in the thick of it after a 5-0 and weekend. So a uh, great weekend there, really good weekend for most folks. So uh, have all of our picks in your feed. That'll be there on late Friday, early Saturday morning. So stay tuned for that. And then, of course, plenty of content next week. And uh, just a reminder, on Sunday, Selection Sunday, so a week from this Sunday, Matt Newmans, Adam Burke, and myself, we will be on the air live on VSIN, 7 p.m. Eastern for two hours, breaking down the bracket, looking at the fresh lines, any bets that we will have. So that will be uh, live on VSIN and also in this feed as well. So, Matt. Uh, same plan, by the way, just, uh, you got the new show VEASAN tonight with Wes Reynolds, same plan on Fridays, that final hour. That's right. The circuit college hoops challenge final hour is all the picks for the contest. And, uh, it's tight, Tim. Uh, we got 15 plays left in this contest and, uh, we've got probably what seven, seven guys who could uh, still win this thing, including you. So yeah, let's, uh, have, let's have a strong finish here. And, uh, the final 10 plays. By the way, we're going to be the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament on Thursday and Friday. Can't wait! It's going to be uh, it's going to be great. We're going to have all of those picks 
in this feed. So you're going to want to tune in. It paid dividends uh, last Saturday. If you listened, uh, we had some really good cards out there. A lot of above 500, a five and oh spot there from Matt. So for Matt humans, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Matt humans or at Matt humans, two, four, seven. I'm at one Tim Murray. Uh, rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the VEASAN College Basketball Podcast. We'll talk to you on Friday evening in this feed right here. This is the College Basketball Betting Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.